Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. And uh, you guys were blessed here. How many say amen? amen? How many appreciate what the Spirit of God brought last week with Ashley? Amen. amen. So uh, we're, we're all blessed. We're all blessed. Um, praise God. As we, uh, um, as we were heading back and us getting ready for Sunday and I know we're entering into the, uh, the season of Christmas and I just said, God, what do, what do you want to talk about? We're talking about the time of, of Christmas and what do you want to talk about? And very plainly, he spoke to my heart. He said, I don't want to speak on the, the, the person of my son. I want you to speak on generosity, generosity. So first of all, I want you to think, when we hear the word generosity, we always think of money. I want you to Put money aside right now because money's going to be the last thing we talk about this morning about the power of, of generosity. How many knows the Christmas season can be stressful? How many's ever entered in the Christmas season and, and you fight all kinds of thoughts of spirit of comparison and, uh, well, you know, my turkey didn't look like that turkey on TV or my ham? Uh, how many comes through that with Thanksgiving? How many knows if, if we allow the outward pressure of the world system to press in on us? We can get into all kinds of shapes and, and uh, not appreciate what God is doing in our life. So I just want to pray over the word this morning as we open up the word. And I just want to, I want this season to be a season of generosity, of generosity. I just, I believe God wants us to understand the power of generosity. Well, Father, we thank you today for the word. We thank you for the spirit of God that confirms the word. We thank you for the entrusting praise and worship this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence being here. Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're the, the Godhead on the earth. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for your instruction. Instruction from your word. And we give you praise for that. And everybody said amen. amen. So I, I want to talk about this morning and look at what the word says about generosity. The definition of generosity simply is this. The quality of being generous. The quality of being generous Liberality in giving, marked by abundant and bountiful giving. It means the quality of being generous is better to give than what? I mean, Jesus taught us so much about giving. He said, give and it will be given unto you. Shaken down, pressed together, running over, will men come and give to your bosom? I mean, all this whole thing is about sowing and reaping. The definition, again, the quality of being generous, liberality in giving, a liberal giver, Marked by abundance and bountiful giving. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, The thief has come to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. Let me just say this to you right now. The level of life you and I will have will be tied to generosity. How you and I can give. give of, of, I'm going to talk about three things today. How we can give out of our heart, out of our abundance, out of our overflow. That we can learn to be givers. And, uh, it, and giving is a learned thing. It's, um, you know, as we're born into this world, we're led by our flesh as children, and you know what's mine is mine, and I'll jerk it out of your hands. 
I'll come and take it away from you. If I think you've got something as mine, I'll come and get it. How many say amen? And how many know some babies have to be slapped on the hand, say, no, 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 that's not yours. You've got to learn to share. But what we need to go on and teach them on the, the, the oversight of, that, of this is simply that you're going to be more blessed by learning how to give than receiving. You're going, to be, you're going to be more abundantly blessed. Jesus said, I come and you might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the things he comes to steal and take away from us is our sense of peace. Our sense of peace. Um, people that are not full of peace do crazy things. Christians are not Christians. People who are not full of God's peace do crazy things. You know, the London Bridge stabber, he didn't have any peace. The person that did it in the Netherlands didn't have any peace. People that do these things don't have peace. When you have peace, there's going to be an overflow. And when you walk in the peace of God, there's going to be a grace on your life that you just learn to live through giving. Most of us have been taught, you know, you live to make a, a living, but the truth is we live to be able to give. If we live to make a giving, it's going to be boxed in. It's going to be just, in, in just taking care of us, and, and we don't see beyond tomorrow. But if we live to learn how to follow the Spirit of God and be led to give, led to give, abundant, bountiful giving, abundance in giving, the quality of liberality in giving marked by abundance and bountiful giving, if we learn that everything that started from God is through giving, the reason we have Christmas is God so loved the world that he, he gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So salvation is the product of giving. Father God saw that the world needed an answer to man's failure. So he looked to his right, and there his Son sat, and he said, one of us is going to have to go down there. The Holy Spirit, me or you, I'm not leaving my throne. So, son, would you go down there? Jesus became the greatest gift ever given. How many say amen? amen. And the world needs to hear today that Jesus is a gift of choice, is a gift of dedication, and it's not rules and regulation. So the stressful time, you know, we went through giving last week 100 bags out, fed 600 people. How many say amen? Give the Lord a hand clap for that. You bless, through generous giving, 600 people eating a Thanksgiving meal. The greatest thing is on the side of the bag that advertised God and our church times. That's the greatest gift. The meal will come and go. The greatest gift is coming in and finding the answers of, of humanity through Jesus Christ and from Father God. That's the greatest gift. So you were bountiful givers, and we did that together because God is a giver. His whole nature is giving. And God's character is based on abundance, grace, and giving. And we're so thankful that Jesus came. And I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 today. And we're going to deal with something right up front that you and I are going to make sure we understand of pressure. You know, uh, it even goes down to what we cook. Um, how many knows that some people believe you can't have a, a Thanksgiving or a Christmas without a honey-baked ham? How many's ever had a honey-baked ham? How many would like to say that honey-baked ham is absolutely the best? There's nothing even close to it. Praise God. Um, and you know what? Sometimes we get to a point of, I can't have a real successful meal if I don't have this or that. I want to tell you what constitutes a successful meal. And it could be a number one at McDonald's. 
Love and peace constitute a successful meal. Now, that doesn't give excuse not to have, try to have meals and do things. But the, the thing is, is what the world's missing is love and peace. That's why they're trying to do so many things. We're here today to tell the world we have good news for you. It's not if you get a honey-baked ham or a butterball turkey. It's about if Jesus is in the center of your table. It's about if Jesus is in the center of your life. And he'll make, I don't care if you have bologna or spam. Does anybody know what spam is? All right, look, look around here. You know you're in the upper south. We know what spam is. And there's no way you can deal with spam and not make it somewhat tasty. You can fry spam, you can broil spam, you can crush spam. Anyway, the truth is today, how many wants to have a, a stress-free, anxious-free December month? How many wants to follow the Spirit of God? The Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the what? Sons and daughters of God, absolutely. It says sons, that includes daughters. How many wants to be led? this Christmas season. How many wants to have a heart of generosity? I mean, a heart of generosity beyond ourselves. Because if we learn the pattern and the spiritual law of sowing and reaping, you will never, ever have to be concerned about a harvest. Where there's a lack of a harvest many times, there's lack of seed being sown. And then if seed had been sown, sometimes we forget they have to, they have to be watered and they have to be weeded. You have to get the weeds out, the weeds away from the wheat, and then they have to be watered with praise and thanksgiving. And I think, I know it's what Ashley did last week, teach on the, the promises of thanksgiving and the praise, the Jericho march and so forth. But the enemy comes with false ideas and imaginations. The enemy wants you to start comparing, like I say, and Paul said it's not wise to compare. We're either going to wind up in pity or pride. And he is wanting us to come to a realization that we're not going to have a successful season of the holiday of Jesus Christ. How many knows the devil's a liar? So I just want you to see in Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 6 with me today. It says this, it says, be anxious for nothing. The Amplified says, don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. Be anxious for nothing. That's a decision we can make today about this Christmas season. I'm not going to get caught up into anxiety. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to be um, in comparison. I'm going to follow you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to be led. Everybody say, be led. Let me say something about being led. It won't always be to the obvious place you think it should be. Being led won't always lead you down a road you think exactly is how it should be. Sometimes when God asks you to be led, he'll ask you to do crazy things like build a boat in a desert. Noah. About Joseph telling mom, dad, hey, one day you guys are going to work for me. He wound up in a pit, but then wound up in a prison, and then wound up in a palace. There's seasons of time that always require faith and always require hope. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Here's what Pastor Pat fights every Christmas season, looking back. I look back and sometimes let my grandmother and grandfather, who've been gone, my first one in 1976, I let the missing of my grandmother and confused Christmas trees affect my, my peace and happiness now. That is wrong on me. That is wrong on me. Now, did I love my grandmothers and grandfathers? Absolutely. Did we have a great time? Absolutely. But they ain't here anymore. How many say amen? They're waiting on me, and they're saying, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Yeah, we had a good time, but look up. Look up. How many knows our future is brighter than our past this morning? How many knows we sing about the way maker? He's working behind the scenes in the dark, in the places where it appears to be confused. The truth of heaven is working for me and you today in the issues of our life. And God's encouraging me. He says, I appreciate you loving your grandmother and those crazy trees. 
Because my grandmother would walk, she'd walk for three hours to find the ugliest tree. And she'd cut down the ugliest tree, just a fir tree or evergreen, whatever we got here, grows out on the hills. She'd cut down the ugliest tree and bring it in. And I remember decorating it with her. And I used to ask her, and she finally told me, I said, Granny, why do you get the ugliest tree? Because nobody else wants it. So she'd, we'd decorate the front side and spin the ugly side to the wall. How many say amen? That kind of goes good for us. Fix up the front side, put the back side to the wall. How many say amen? So, but God said to focus on what's now. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But I can't do some things I used to do. Do what you can do today. Believe God for a miracle. Declare this is going to be the best Christmas ever. Declare this is a healing Christmas. This is a restoring Christmas. Declare this is going to be the best spam, turkey, ham, you know, whatever it is. Well, you can't have a turkey unless it's a butterball. Well, there's all kinds of turkeys. How many say amen? You know, the, the co-idea is peace and grace and love's in the middle of our table in the name of Jesus. The Bengals are playing the Jets. The Jets have had a terrible season. The last three games have been playing good. Oh, for a miracle a day. But I don't want to lose the number one pick in the draft. What's that got to do? I'm believing God's going to be generous to the Bengals. Hallelujah. Even in the middle of trouble and trials and tests, I believe God is going to step in because God is a giver. And look what it says. Don't be anxious. Don't fret. Look at it. It's a choice. It's a choice whether I'm anxious. It's a choice where I'm fretful. It's a choice whether I'm worried. But in everything by prayer and supplication, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, a definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Continue to make your wants, not just what you have to have, he didn't say needs, your wants. Alberta and Lily, they've got a new baby. It's a new Christmas, right? Girls, you're learning to share, right? No? Yeah, maybe? Share? Anyway, you will. But anyway, hallelujah. Um, it's a new Christmas. It's a new Christmas for many of us. Maybe kids are out of the house. Maybe we had another grandchild. Maybe a new job. It's a different Christmas. But I'm telling you, it's the same way maker. It's the same Jesus. It's the same baby born in Bethlehem that grew up to, to pay our sin debt. And I'm so thankful that Jesus became the most divine gift ever given. How many can say amen? So today, here's some things we can do because of Jesus being the generous gift on this earth. And Christmas time is always built around giving and seeing people blessed, and that's part of it. But it is traced back to one purposeful, divine gift of heaven. That's Jesus coming down. You were built to give. Look at your neighbor and say, you were built to give. And the Bible again tells us it's better to give than to receive. And giving has many elements. And we always just want to run over to, first of all, we just want to think about money. But we, we're going to put that at the back today. We're going to talk about giving in two other arenas. Number one, the giving of time. This Christmas season, let's be led about the giving of time. Let's develop a relationship with God that we are going to be led by His Spirit, going to be led by the inner being of our being. We're going to be led by our spirit where the Holy Ghost lives, where Jesus lives, where the Father lives. We're going to be led by our spirit and not led by our flesh. Let's make this a season where we're not going to let our house lead us. Our house is our flesh. Well, I got to have this, and I got to have that, and I can't have but this kind of butter. And, I, you know, and I, I've been there and done that. I can only drive this kind of vehicle. You can have preferences. You can have desires. That's all of it. But let's don't let our house lead us. Let's let our heart lead us. Let's live out of a generosity of our heart, finding opportunity 
to help people and sharing of our time. We get 24 hours a day. We get, um, um, we get 60 minutes to an hour, 60 minutes, uh, 60 seconds to a minute. All those things are up to us. How many ever said this beside Pastor Pat? I just ran out of time. And the truth is, I didn't prioritize. I didn't leave early enough. I didn't make it a priority. I stayed somewhere I shouldn't go. Um, like the other day, I was supposed to go somewhere, pick up Gian at the airport, and I did a couple good things. Um, but, you know, pro probably I could have not done the good things and been there a little earlier because uh, sometimes I, I pile stuff up, I, I start too late, and I get there just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. I used to play a lot of softball and travel ball, and, and the guys would be so angry with me, should have. I would just arrive time for the first batter to get in the box and bat. No warm-ups, no encouragement, just slide in and do that. That was wrong on my part. That was being selfish. I was letting my house lead. If we let our house lead, we're going to get house results. If we let our heart lead, we're going to get heart results. If we let our flesh lead, we're going to get flesh results. If we let the Spirit of God lead, we're going to have the Spirit of God give results. How many say amen? So I want to talk about time this morning, how we honor and appropriate time. How we honor and appropriate time and give our time to people that God has set into our life of motion that day. Now, thank God for the internet. Thank God we can spend time with people via Facebook and Instagram and all of these things. And that is good and that's a, pur that's a purposeful thing. How many here follow people that you know that encourage you and inspire you? Raise your hand on the, on the internet. Anybody do that? The rest of you don't follow, you just talk about yourself on the internet? <laughs> anyway, but there's also a thing of going to a person physically. There's also a time of visit. There's a time of connection. There's a time of putting, putting priorities into place and taking care of the time. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. A lot of our time is driven by chasing after things. If I can just make more money, I can have more things. We're the number one nation in the world for storage buildings. That tells me we have so much stuff, we've got to pay rent to store stuff. And we all had storage buildings in our lives. Amen? And sometimes we have storage buildings because we don't have enough time to pay for the toys we got because we've got to work overtime to pay for the toys. And thank God for overtime. I may say amen. But when overtime drives you to spend it on a thing versus maybe then a person, I think we maybe need to question those things. Look at them. I'm not saying necessarily wrong. I'm just saying we need to question those things.
those who sow have much in abundance. Uh, um, Mark 4, Jesus talked about the seed. The seed, you know, the seed is the word of God and as it's planted and put forth and all those things happen. I'm telling you, wh wh what are we doing with our treasure? What are we doing with our treasure? There's always going to be need. Listen, listen to me. There's always going to be need out there. Everything from, I'm telling you, you're trying to watch gun smoke and they're advertising dogs freezing to death outside. Now, don't get mad at me. Don't send me your PETA card. I love animals. If you know me and know my heart, I love animals. But I'm telling you, we've got this thing backwards just like it's prophesied. We're worshiping creation more than the creator in these last days. I don't think anybody should be mean to a dog. I don't think anybody should be mean to a cat. I hate puppy mills, but I'm telling you, there's something. They know your heart's turned toward gun smoke or John Wayne, and all of a sudden you've got a two-minute advertisement of dogs being froze to death. And that is a need. But is that a kingdom need? Does that take a place over children? Does that take a place over homeless people? Does that take a place over left-out veterans? Does that take a place over the lady down the street that you know is struggling? She's a widow and she's just getting by. Does that take the place? No, we love animals. As a matter of fact, we like animals, but we love God's people. And we love animals, we like animals, but we love God's people. And how can we live in a, a place of generosity where can I find a way today, a place today, a person today to be gen generous with my time? Generous just to, just to stop, just a, a word of encouragement, just a note, or just a how you doing, or just a call. I want to tell you something as a pastor. Most exhilarating thing you can ever do in your life. To be a part of people's spiritual growth, be a part of their life, be a part of... You know, seeing people turn toward heaven, be a part of it. But it also can be a lonely place. It can also be a, a place of you feel like you're the only person on earth sometimes. But I can't tell you what a cool drop of water, a cup of water when someone sends you a text or gives you a call or writes you a note. I love you. I believe in you. I'm here. Praise God. Someone, you come up to you, you coached in football 15 years ago. And they always were concerned because I would tell them to call me Coach Butcher and, 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 uh, and Scott would tell them to call me Pastor Pat, so I didn't care what they called me. they come back and say, hey, you know, da, 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 you know, can you do my wedding or what? And just if we can be generous with our time, generous with the talents God's given us, and then generous as we're led with treasures, the treasures. Because if we learn this, if we learn this, we're not going to be fretful or anxious or troubled anymore. We're going to get up every morning with a good night's sleep. We'll get up every morning with the opportunity to be generous, to be loving, to be kind. We're going to get up every morning with the opportunity of sharing that Jesus Christ has a good life for you. And Jesus loves you. And it's not based on how good you are. It's based on how good he is. How many say amen? And it's based on grace through faith alone that we're saved. And it's based on a brand new opportunity just to love people. And like an old preacher said, I used to ask everybody about Jesus. He said, it wore me out as a young preacher. He said, I began to ask Jesus about everybody. And he would say, that one's ready and that one's ready. I just ask you and I to learn how to be led in peace that passes all understanding. How many say amen? Amen. amen. Father, I thank you today for this precious group of people, their faithfulness, Lord, to serve you, to honor you. Father, I'm so thankful for their generous hearts and lives. And Lord, as we just step into this Christmas season, may we slow down, may we see it simplified, may we honor you first, honor our mates, our children, our family, our friends, may we look for opportunity, 
And as your word says, Lord, be faithful to the household of faith first. I think so many times we're caught up outside the family of God in doing good, but we bypass the people of faith. And your word says, help them first. Then there's going to be more than enough to help everybody outside. So, Father, may we be in tune this Christmas season. May we be approachable this Christmas season. May we be peaceful this Christmas season as our mind is stayed on you, full of joy and peace and long-suffering and faith. 